self-help 101. <laughs> and let's just recognize that this podcast was not my idea, but it was yours. It was. You want to do a self-help podcast, is that it? That's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Um, because I'm God a self. God helps those who I, helps themselves. Right? Yes, yes. I'm a self. I need help. Um, and so obviously I've come to the right place. I've come to my pastor. <laughs> Pastor for, Joe. For help. For help. And if it's not a spiritual aspect, I'm going to respond with, I want, I'm going to pray for you with that, brother. <laughs> I, I want you to help pray me. Pray God will give you wisdom. You help me, help me. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. It's like what I do every day. <laughs> ben, ben, this is like nothing new. Ben, this that, is, looks, that looks hard. Is, do you need help with that? This is literally <laughs> just bringing our podcast audience into our everyday life. If you ever wonder what being a senior pastor is like, it's helping the associate pastor's not ruin whatever it is they do. <laughs> <laughs> We're here talking about Christian goal setting. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Taking we, a little uh, break from our evangelization series. We'll come back to that. We will. Yeah. Uh, in another week. Uh, but Christian goal setting. What we mean by that specifically is how do we set spiritual goals being believers? Are, are there any spiritual goals we should set? Is that something we should think about? Or do we just mm-hmm. let sanctification happen to us uh, mm-hmm. is it something that we just kind of receive and it's like well we'll see how far i get or is is there something we're shooting for in a really practical uh, tangible sense sure so <clears throat> i have a little bit of a different view on this than some people and i think you know that's one of the reasons why you were excited about talking about this so you could maybe make fun of me but we're gonna pre- i'd like to ask you a question to start out okay okay in a competitive race of 20 people. Okay. Let's take a cross country tournament. Okay. Okay. In a competitive race of 20 people, um, all 20 of them have set the same goal, right? Mm-hmm. But 19 of them will fail that goal. Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> well, no, they will. Because only one person can accomplish that goal. The goal that's set is I want to win the race. Okay, they're they're there to win. I'm okay, here, we're, we're assuming gonna, that they're gonna, there to win. They're, okay, we're assuming that they're, we're there to win. Right. And if some people not, race just across the finish line, I think of a five k okay. that I entered. Okay, uh, I, last I'm year. thinking specifically of a competitive oh, okay. cross country race. I'm a competitive person. Yeah. So, so my goal, if I enter into this competitive race, yeah, no, is to you. win. Yeah. Okay. And and every single one of those people have set the same goal. Yeah. But only one of them will accomplish that goal. Yeah. And it could be for a myriad of reasons, right? And so before we even enter into this conversation, we need to recognize that goal setting is not the end all, nor is goal setting the solution to a problem. So I've heard people say things like, you know what your problem is? You need to set some goals. And I don't know that that is ever a legitimate solution because Goal setting. This is this is why I'm gonna get off on a little a little bit of a no no continue soapbox if you will. Um, New Year's resolutions very rarely succeed. Like I read a statistic one time. I don't know if if it was real or not, but it was something like ninety nine point five percent of New Year's resolutions fail. Most of those within the first month. Why? Because people set goals. But they miss a very important step, and that is they have a plan and how to effectively accomplish that goal. 
So what we're going to do in this podcast is we're not just going to talk about setting goals, but we're going to talk about how to effectively organize a plan to accomplish those goals. So Does that make sense? I think so. So what you're saying, and I, I want to just immediately go move from the general of goal setting in general to Christian mm-hmm. goal setting in particular. Okay. Um, we all have one great goal as Christians in the great. Christian life yeah. is to persevere until glory mm-hmm. while growing in holiness. Okay. Sure. So, so, and by God's grace, if we're a genuine believer, none of us are going to fail that goal. That's correct. Yeah. And, and, and if we are a genuine believer, we will not fail that goal. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. impossible to. Which means, so for goal setting in terms of our spiritual life as Christians, it obviously can never be uh, the end all, all because mm-hmm. our goal has already been set and guaranteed mm-hmm. yes. by Christ. Any other goals that we set, from what I understand you saying, need to be tools Mm-hmm. to help us in a greater goal mm-hmm. and uh, and they need to be thought through and carefully defined. Yeah, so I'm actually gonna push back a little bit on the whole um, semantic of, of goal setting. And I think I, what I would like to refer to this as are with this whole process are small steps of improvement. And let me give you an example. Let's talk about Christian goals. So why is it important for Christians to set goals. It's important because without some sort of path of movement forward, we are automatically going to be sedentary, which means we're moving backwards. We are in any time of our life, either going to be walking in the flesh or in the spirit, right? The Christian life is pretty binary, very binary. I'm either walking in the flesh or I'm in the spirit. I'm either in, in, in a moment of sin or a moment of pursuing Christ. And and there are different levels of, of degrees possibly to that. But you're looking and you're saying, okay, I'm either going to walk in the flesh or I'm going to walk in the spirit. And my responsibility is to make it as easy as possible and as clear as possible and as planned as possible to live in the spirit. And so let me give you an example. I think it's a good goal to read through the Bible in a year. However, if I read, if my goal is to read through the Bible in a year and that's where I stop at that goal, the likelihood of me actually accomplishing that goal is pretty small. But rather than saying, I'm going to read my Bible through in a year, I would say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier than I have been getting up, and I'm going to dedicate those 10 minutes to reading the Bible. That's the first step that I'm going to do. I'm just going to make a small marginal improvement. And then in that 10 minutes, if I do that every day, I can read through my Bible in a whole year. But I don't start with this massive goal of I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to win the race. No, it's okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to devote myself to the right diet. I, I am. I'm going to make. I'm not going to eat that pizza. Instead, I'm going to eat the salad. Things of that nature. So, in one sense, what 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 you tend to really have a problem with is that the word goal tends to refer to something that's too general and. It lacks uh, definition in mm-hmm. in the achievement of it. Like it's 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 not sufficiently broken up into achievable goals. So what you you would say is you, you, it's better to take uh, a big goal and divide it up into smaller achievable goals rather than just one giant thing without a clear plan. So I guess here let me sharpen my idea even further. I think when people set goals, they don't set goals; they set ends in mind. They set the end product. So they want to look at something and they say, okay, I want to be in shape or I want to read through the Bible in a year. I, I'm, my goal is the end product. And what I would love people to, to see is that the goal should not be the end product, 
but the process that will gain the end product. Do you see the difference there? Kind of. Okay, um, so it would be it, the difference would be to say, I'm I'm going to uh, my goal is to win this race. Okay, the difference between that and the goal that I'm trying to encourage people to set is my goal is is to dedicate myself to a process that will eventually end in me winning a race that would culminate in me winning a race. So my goal would not be to win the race. My goal would be to exercise every day. My goal would be to run a run a mile today. My goal would be to run 1.1 miles tomorrow. Do you see what I'm saying? What if I really want to win the race though? I don't think that's a problem, but you have to get more granular than that because you have to commit yourself to a process. So what you're saying is whatever your goal is, you need to have thought through it well enough to be able to break it up into achievable components. Yes, exactly. And, and I think, so let's talk about a really practical way this happens in the Christian life. All right. Um, let's say that a person comes to you and they say, I have, uh, I have uh, made it a habit in my life of looking at pornography. And my goal is that I will never look at pornography again. Okay, that's a good goal, right? But, but if, if somebody walks in your office and, or walks in your study or you're having a conversation, you say, man, you know what the problem is? You know why you keep looking at pornography is because you haven't set the right goal. You haven't set the goal of not looking at pornography again. And that person is going to look at you and say, no, I set that goal every time I sin. I sin. And in, and in confession and in sorrow, I set that same goal. I never want to do this again. I never want to do this again. My goal is never do this again. But the problem is that we need to back up and we need to examine the process of sanctification. Examine the process of, okay, let's, let's, let's have that as a lofty goal to never look at pornography again that is possible. But, but instead of keeping that as in the forefront of my mind, I want to dedicate myself to the goal of the process of sanctification. Today, right now, this hour, my goal is to meditate on Christ. My goal is to be in my Bible every day. My goal is to meditate on the grace that Christ offers through salvation. So do, do you see the difference there? Yeah. And then as I accomplish those small processes that final goal kind of happens on its own. If, if, I, if my goal is to win the race, and over the period of the next three years, I dedicate myself to learning the art of running and to train in running and to be the best runner I can be, winning that race takes care of itself. Because what I've dedicated myself to is the process that accomplishes the goal, and the goal, if it's achievable, will eventually happen. Do you, do you see the difference there? I think I see the difference there. I, I think I 90% agree with you. Okay. So what's the 10% where you disagree? I think the 10% is I, I think that in in setting the achievable components to reaching that goal, mm -hmm. you, you ought not to lose sight of the goal. I agree. And so, so it wouldn't be such that like, okay, well, my goal isn't to win the race. It's to learn how to be a better runner. I, I don't think that – I think that's too hard of a dichotomy because sure. I think it's like, okay, well, I do want to – become a better runner. And that is a sub goal. So if like, mm -hmm. if I have an outline, my, mm -hmm. my big point, number one is win the race, but then I break it up into run five days this week, sure, run five days the next week and the next week, and then start to vary in my plans. And so the individual goals will help me achieve my, but I don't scratch out. You're my, saying they're my, not mutually my, exclusive. Right. Yeah. Saying. So yeah. I, I don't, I, my goal is not just to build the habit of running, sure. but it is to build the habit of running this month mm -hmm. so that next month I win the race. You so, see what I'm saying? Yep. So let me actually read for you the way that I wrote it down on my notes. Okay. Probably perfect. <laughs> um, 
I just wrote down, we need to know the direction or you need to know the direction you're going and then outline one practical next step to move towards that direction. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. So, and in here, here's where, um, and I agree with that hundred okay. percent. Like I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And here, here's where it comes as a, as a pastor, people say things like, what's your goal for the church in one year, three years, five years, 10 years. And the goal is that we'd be a word centered church. Right. And I don't know beyond that. Right. I mean, I don't have this massive 10 year plan of development. It's, it's no, our goal is that every gathering we would be word centered mm-hmm. and that every decision that we make is word centered and that in every step is word centered and we are headed in the direction of Christ likeness. And what happens along that way is up to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen this in my own life of sin struggles that I had a really difficult time conquering, whether it be anger or whether it be, you know, covetousness or whatever. And, and as you dedicate yourself to the Christian disciplines, God changes you in that. And so my desire would, would be to say, okay, goals are not bad. And I agree with you. They have to be in mind. I like calling them directions. Here's the direction I'm going to, right? Um, attainable direction, attainable goals, whatever it be. And then to step back and say, let's just do, let's just identify some simple, basic daily steps and then commit ourselves to the process. And then what I'm going to do in my life is I'm going to make that process as easy as possible to accomplish. And then all of a sudden you look up one day and you go, wow, I am far down this road of accomplishing the goal. And I haven't even really been focused on the goal as much lately as I have of just being committed to the process. And that's awesome. So, so with that being the case, our goal in one very big theological sense has been mm-hmm. set for us, right? That's right. Christ-likeness, Christ-likeness mm-hmm. persevere to glory, mm-hmm. grow in holiness by faith. Um, but with that as the big goal, having been set for us by Christ, guaranteed by the grace of God, is there still a place for me as a Christian to pick a direction in the Christian life and start planning out steps to move in that direction to use the language you've been using. Yeah, absolutely. And so what would that look like? So let's pick a, a good direction. And that would be, I'd like to improve my Bible reading. So, so maybe a direction that I have, as I say, you know, and I, the reason we would pick Bible reading, sorry to interrupt, but the reason we pick Bible reading, I forgive you because we, we need to figure out a way every, every direction we set has to fit in with that framework of Christ likeness. Right. So right. we're, we're just going on the assumption here, but I think rightly that, Bible reading is a significant, significant means by which I attain Christ-likeness. That's correct. So that's why I want to go in that direction. And we could pick Bible reading. We could pick prayer. Sure. We could, we could, we could even choose um, uh, memorizing some hymns. We could choose memorizing scripture. We could choose all of these different directions, these paths that we could, these Christian that, disciplines, yeah, these, these disciplines and... that we could go down. But let's just choose Bible reading. And so, if I want to be a better Bible reader, the first thing that I want to do is say, okay. Rather than just leaving this nebulous goal of, I want to read my Bible better, I want to read my Bible more, I'm going to make a practical step towards that. And the first practical step would be simply reading your Bible. So getting up 10 minutes early, maybe buying, like I have a very specific Bible that I use for Bible reading in the morning. It's, it's laid out in paragraph form rather than verse by verse so I can follow along. I can do large portions of scripture reading, have a pencil that I mark up and, and underline. But, but I know always where that Bible is. I never lose that Bible. Why? Because it sits right by my, my chair. And I always know where it is. 
And so it's little simple things like maybe I get a specific Bible that I'm going to read through. Maybe I choose a new translation so it's not just rote memory. And, um, and I have a very specific Bible, and I know that every morning I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier than I normally would, and I'm just going to read the Bible for 10 minutes. Maybe that would just be a really practical way that I could become a better Bible reader. And then uh, I might take another step in that. I say, okay, not only am I going to become a better, uh, I'm going to read my Bible more, but I may actually, let's find a podcast. I've got a drive, right? Let's find a podcast on Bible study. There's got to be a podcast out there of somebody who's going to help teach Bible study. And so maybe we, uh, we find somebody we appreciate and we love and we listen to a podcast on how to study the Bible. And then maybe I would email my pastor. Here's another minor step and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to learn. Could we have lunch sometime? And could you explain to me maybe some ways that you read your Bible better? These are just basic principles. Then maybe I'm going to get a book from Amazon. And, and, and after three weeks of just reading my Bible, then I have my meeting with my pastor and then I read my Bible for three more weeks and, and it's been consistent because, oh, not, maybe not every day because I'm faltering here, faltering there, whatever it would be, but I, I know where my Bible is. I know where my chair is. I know what kind of coffee I'm going to drink, all that mm, kind of good yep. stuff, you know? And that's, that, yeah, that's really, really helpful. And, and then, and yeah. then you follow this step and then that step. Mm. And then six months down the road, you realize, oh my I, I understand the Bible more now than I did six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I've accomplished my goal simply because I've set out basic, attainable, stair-step goals. So here's, here's two questions to follow up from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really helpful. What, what if you have a person who's sitting there listening and they're saying something like, well, I do have a direction I want to go in, but I honestly do not know what practical steps to take. So let's just say uh, I I want to uh, get better at prayer, but I, I really honestly, I don't know what direction to go. And we we could go down this road with, with a million Anything, different disciplines, yeah. but what do you do if you're a person, you're saying, I would like to get better in this particular category, but I, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know what direction to move in. What, what do sure. I do? So probably the first thing that I would do is I would set up a meeting with a pastor or a, a person whose life you respect spiritually. Mm. And I would sit down with them and I would say, here's what I am wanting to do. Do you have any advice for me or practical steps in this area? This is especially important if you know somebody who's excelled in this. For instance, we have people in our church who are prayer warriors. Mm-hmm. And maybe we would sit down with one of those people and we would say, hey, I'll buy you breakfast. I'll buy you lunch if you'll invest in me. And you will share with me what you've learned or some or some tips. That'd be the first thing. The second thing is I would ask myself, what does the Bible say about this? So a very practical way is to get a concordance, or you could even use Google and say, what does the Bible say about this topic? We, you and I both have Logos. We have um, Bible search programs that if a church member emailed us and said, I'm doing a a study on what the Bible says about prayer. Can you help me? The first thing I would say is, absolutely, that's wonderful. Let me pull up my topic guide in Logos. Let me type in prayer and let me print you out a list of everything the Bible says about prayer, a passage list, and you can get those and you can start reading about prayer. Um, Talking to people that you know and love, talking to people that can spiritually speak into your life, seeing what the Bible says about this topic, and then maybe finding one attainable resource, one book. It may be a small book. On If we're talking about prayer, there's a book called Praying the Bible. Um, there's a, a book called uh, Praying Life by Paul Miller that we could look at and we can say, okay, this is an attainable short resource that will 
help me take a step towards this. Sure. Because yeah. because if the first step is too hard, a lot of time we get discouraged, don't we? We, we get discouraged and then we say, man, I. I wanted to do this, but it was just too hard. I wanted to become better at prayer, so I was going to pray for an hour a day. I I didn't even make it through the first day, and so I guess I won't ever be good at prayer. Rather than small baby steps, and that that kind of transitions to the next question that I had, which is, you've got another person who's listening, and they're saying, "Yeah, okay, so Bible study. I want to read the Bible better, and uh, I want to get up ten minutes earlier." to listen to scripture or read scripture, just an extra 10 minutes in my life mm-hmm. as a step towards that. But then the alarm goes off in the morning and nothing could be further from what I want to do than get out of bed at that time. That's right. So I, you know, what about, what about motivation? (laughs) Where do I find motivation? Especially, you know, like, okay, maybe even days one through five were fantastic, but then the kids got sick and they kept me up half the night. And so the next week I'm walking around in a brain fog and the alarm goes off those 10 minutes and I'm like, I need those 10 minutes. What what do I do when the discouragement really threatens the motivation a few days in, a few weeks in. Yeah, and and there there may be a couple truths that we can list that would be helpful in this. Uh, some of these situations are so individual that it's hard to sit here and give a, a once-all, you know, just, just a broad brush. But there are some principles that I think can help. One is that we do what is important to us. So we need to uh, pray that God would make this spiritual discipline important to us. Because really, God has to transform our hearts to want to do these. We're talking specifically about spiritual disciplines, right? right? So right. Not just exercise, but correct, like something yeah. that's going to help me in my pursuit of Christ. So I need to pray that God would impress upon my heart the importance of this spiritual discipline, right? right? And, the, and I would see that because we, we do what's important to us. Secondly, in regards to habits, because really we've what we're talking about is 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 having a habit that helps us accomplish a goal mm-hmm. with those habits. We want to make them as easy as possible. And secondly, we want to recognize that none of us are going to be perfect in this. Mm-hmm. If I wake up and I don't read my Bible that day, there's always the next day to read the Bible. And when I realize that I never read that, I didn't read my Bible today. Guess what? If it's that day, I still have a day left. Mm-hmm. I still have time in the day left. But I also realize that when we're committing ourselves to a process that it takes time and there are going to be setbacks in that process. But every time that I take one step, I get one step closer to that goal. And so my encouragement would always be when you've realized that you've fallen off the bandwagon or you've fallen off the wagon, get back on. Mm-hmm. You know, Take that step and say, man, I read my Bible for two weeks. Now I've missed it for a week, but I'm going to get right back on. And I'm going to say, yes, but I can always lean right back in, Lord. Thank you for showing me the importance of this. Thank you for bringing it to mind and lean right back into that habit and continue. Yeah, I love that. So helpful, especially the talking about prayer. It, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when, yeah. when we're talking with teens in the youth group and they're saying things like, well, I haven't been reading my Bible recently, haven't really been feeling like it. One thing I do recommend besides, okay, you need to reevaluate what you want in life mm-hmm. is uh, pray that God gives you a hunger right. for his word yeah. because to have an appetite for God's word is a God-given grace. And, uh, right. so, and, and these are prayers that we can be confident God will answer. If you pray that God transforms your heart so that you have a greater burden, desire, passion, and volition towards Christ-likeness, there is a prayer that God delights to answer in his children. And, and we will have an appetite for what we participate in. Yeah, That's what we have to understand, too. Some people think, well, I don't want to, I don't necessarily have this crave read in my Bible. Well, 
read your Bible for two, three, four weeks every day, and you will. Right. When I was a uh, when I lived in the South, especially in high school and college, I loved sweet tea. Yeah. I mean, I drank sweet tea every day. <laughs> and when I didn't have sweet tea, I craved it. You yeah. know, it's almost like sugar was addicting. But um, I haven't really drank sweet tea in a long time. And now I don't really crave it anymore. Like I can, it used to be that if we sat down to have a meal and I didn't have tea, I was like, oh man, I really want tea. Now it's just not like that anymore because I've been so separated that from that for so many years, it doesn't have the pull. Right. And when you sin often is like that as well, that the more distance you get, the less pull it has on your life, habits of sin, but habits of righteousness are that way as well. If you pray every day for six months and you miss a day, you miss it. Mm -hmm. If you read your Bible consistently and then you don't, you miss it. Mm -hmm. And so habits don't happen overnight. We have to cultivate that and you end up cultivating a desire for what you do. So Rich, really, really helpful. Um, one more thing as we kind of conclude this, I want to think kind of roundly, um, God's given you a variety of ministry experiences. Um, and I know that you're not nearly as old as you look, uh, but, (laughs) but I, you've had, you've had a variety in your short lifespan. Uh, the the gray hair, that's a good thing. But just in God's grace, you know, you, you, you're able to travel to a lot of different ministries, work at a Christian camp, uh, be youth pastor, senior pastor, and you've, you've kind of seen a lot of different aspects of Christian ministry. Um, as we think through just, you know, uh, uh, different demographics in our church, what are some directions, goals, um, things to aim at? for each category that you think are both attainable and typically very helpful without putting like a legalistic spin on it or saying sure. it's a requirement, but like for a teenager saying, okay, before I graduate high school as a teenager, it would be a fantastic goal for this teenager to try to yeah. read through the Bible so I'm not, I'm before af- they graduate or something I'm not like afraid that. of this coming across as legalistic because legalism would believe that when I do this, I'm earning favor with God. And that's not at all what we're saying. What we're saying is this will encourage you in your Christian walk and you need this. God doesn't need you to do this. You need to do this. Like this, this is where you find daily grace. This is the disciplines are, are, that's like saying, you know, my, my, my bench machine needs me to work it out every day. No, no, no. I am the one who needs to go down and use that because it benefits me. And in my Christian life, I look at this and I say, God isn't the one who's pining after me. I need him. I need the word. I need prayer. So I would encourage people in our church family to just identify the spiritual aspects of their life and say, how can I make this 5% better? So it's real small. For instance, um, church every Sunday. What would happen if rather than speeding into church on Sunday, right at 9.30 for Sunday school, right at 10.30 for Sunday school, for church service, what if we just got there five minutes early and were able to take, were able to take a, a, a beat before everything started? What would happen if we got all the kids' Sundays closed out the night before or took our baths and showers the night before, whatever it would be, in order to prepare for that moment? What would happen if, um, for my Bible reading time, if I just prayed before my Bible reading time, like I'm just going to add um, a prayer at the beginning that says, Lord, would you please help me see your truth? Would you change me based on what I see? Just something real small um, in, in my, um, you know, in my prayer time, 
Maybe I could read a book, one book this year, get a small book and just read a book that would help me understand a little bit about what prayer is. Whatever aspects in your life, um, maybe look and say, okay, what is one little teeny tiny step that I can make it just just a little bit more intentional, maybe just a little bit more of a blessing to my own life? What are some ways that I can um, just improve this pursuit just one little step further? That's what um, that's what I would, probably what I would encourage most of our church family in setting these goals is to say let's commit to a process of sanctification, let's commit to the process of Christ likeness, and identify little steps with the help of our church family, with help of, with our pastors, in order to accomplish those steps. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. <laughs> Appreciate all of the words of wisdom. It's been wonderful having you, and I'm uh, looking forward to the next conversation we get to have about church ministry here at Community and uh, what that looks like. Amen, brother.